0: hello everyone welcome back to just in my thoughts episode two i know it's been a while since i've recorded but um i'm back and i'm back and i'm excited to continue the rest of the season i have a lot of things in store in store excuse me i don't know how to speak anyways with that in mind before we get into today's show i'm very um i just wanted to go over the first episode i'm so thankful thank you to everybody who listened to the show honestly who showed me love and support and like was very supportive of the show and like made me feel like you know love thank you so much for making me feel love thank you to all my fans no but in all seriousness thank you for listening to the show it was very i know it was amateur hour you know you guys i'm not perfect. I, thought, I feel like the music was overbearing. I feel like it was way too loud. It was kind of hard to understand what i was saying at most points. So I'm trying to do a different um, take this time around. I'm trying to switch things around, make things slightly different. Um, but today, so, all right. I'm a big boy. I commit when I have a fuck up and had a fuck up recently. I had a whole big episode plan we're going to interview one of my dearest friends but you know I, I made a mistake on my part that's on me but you know it happened so today i decided to finally put the nail in the coffin for 20 of 2020 the year that was 2020 arguably the worst and best year of my life at the same time hmm. we'll talk about that another time but basically the most important thing to me this year was, of course, television. Everybody knows, anyone who knows me knows how much I love TV, so I really want to get into my end of the year list, review of my favorite TV shows um, of the year, because since I was home, sad and alone a lot of the times, TV was there for me. I mean, TV is always there for me, but especially this year when, I mean, I had nowhere else to go, like, I didn't even go to school in person. So TV was my best friend, which is kind of kind of sad, kind of depressing, but also kind of beautiful. Anyways, so usually I love to write lists of my favorite TV shows, movies, books, podcasts and music. That meant a lot to me as uh, my end of the year list, like many people do, kind of like President Barack Obama. He does end of the year list. I love those lists, by the way. Um, This is why. But this year, this is why I decided not. Why not just talk about it? On the podcast itself, and dedicated a whole episode to my end of the year list. And since no one fucking, you know, gives a fuck about my IG posts anyways, I barely get any, you know, traffic, likes, anything. So I figured, let's just make a show out of it instead. Like, you know, this would be a great way to bring back Justin, my thoughts. And once again, welcome back to Justin, my thoughts. If this is your first time tuning in, which it might be for a lot of you, since I've met a lot of new people since the first episode came out please do, do yourself a favor, go back to the first episode, um, listen to it, you can also listen to the 30 second trailer, it was very short and sweet, kind of like a lot of things I do, short and sweet, um, <laughs> you can ask yourself what that means, anyways, the point is, I feel like this show is really great, and I'm very excited to talk about all my favorite TV shows today, um, and yeah, let's get to it, so. So listen, I know we're all sick of the damn pandemic by now. In fact, the mere mention of it makes my stomach sick at this point, but there's no denying that this year made TV way more important than it usually would be. So here's my list, what I watched this year and then we could finally put 2020 behind us. Okay, so to start off, let's get newsy. One of the biggest stories of the year was The Hour House, the new Disney Channel original series that made history by making its main character Loose be an openly bisexual Latinx character, something Disney has never done before. And this cartoon is brilliant! I binge watched it over a course of a week or so with my brothers. All three of us are fans of Gravity Falls and Steven Universe. You know, Gravity Falls was on Disney XD and Steven Universe was on Cartoon Network. And this show has similar themes as well as action sequences. The magic was creative and the jokes were hard-hitting. I'm so glad to be alive during a time where a cartoon like The Owl House is possible because it's not your average cartoon at all and the lore behind it, behind the overarching story is the same way live action series like Game of Thrones or Stranger Things does and that's not a fucking exaggeration. Like, this show broke barriers for Disney. It's amazing to see a show where the main character can be queer but still be donned a children's program because in the past that would be a big no-no. But other shows like Adventure Time on Cartoon Network and the aforementioned Steven Universe on Cartoon, Extra- Cartoon Network really made it possible for a, re- for a show like this to do so, honestly. So the show is about Luce, who accidentally ends up in this realm called the Boiling Isles, before she was supposed to end up going on a trip to summer camp. And when she gets there, she meets this witch named Ida... And they live with this, and they, um, then she becomes a student of Ida, because Luce wants to become a witch. So Ida's gonna train her. Also, they live with this Q, and I constantly say, the boys are tired, you know, the boys, my brothers are tired of me saying this, but I constantly say, he's a Pokemon-looking character, and his name name is King. He's a pint-sized demon king. It's, like, really freaking funny and cute, and, oh, of course, the Owl House itself is alive and it talks in like this funny ass voice, you just have to see it for yourself honestly. The show is just so much fun, and it's great that Disney's being open to having queer main characters again, because last year, if you guys remember, there was a whole Twitter hashtag movement over the Disney Channel Original Series, Andy Mack, being cancelled because it was a groundbreaking series. The main character was Asian American, also spoiler alert right now, she came from a teenage pregnancy. Her best friend was this badass athletic girl, and her other best friend was again, spoiler alert, a gay Jewish boy, which of course was huge. So now Disney once again has some on-screen queer representation with the Owl House, which I would argue was only possible because of a series like Andy Mag. I mean before that there was the brief on-screen same-sex couple from one episode of Girls Charlie, I'm sure you all you all remember. The show's top-notch, and I gave it 10 stars on IMDb. You could do what I did and binge-watch all 19 episodes of the first season on Disney Plus while we await season 2 next year. Okay, so enough of, Dis- of Disney. For now at least, one show I binge-watched this year, which now feels like 50 years ago since it was pre-pandemic, was Henteified, which is a Netflix original series, and damn, this shit was good. Okay, so, it's based off a web series of the same name, and the premise is about these three cousins who team up to try to keep their grandfather's popular taco shop in Boyle Heights afloat and as the neighborhood around them is getting as the neighborhood around them is getting gentrified this show's so fucking good first of all this podcast wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for this series because within the series there's a fictional podcast called brown love which actually which actually after the show's release became a real life podcast of the same name hosted by dasha polanco of orange is a new black fame and i love that show so much It's one of the biggest inspirations behind this show i have to say but aside from that the show is deep like it really makes me think about these communities and how people's lives are being harshly affected by these massive corporations and it's just not fair i don't want to get too political here but the show really opened up my my eyes to things i would otherwise ignore a good friend of mine who's also a fan of the show is a journalism journalism major as well his beat for a while now has been gentrification So if one day I get him on this show, I know he can break it down way better than I can, and this series just doesn't hold back. This show also has queer Latinx representation, a love story that really tugged at my cold dead heart, and a main character who's a proud Latinx man. Whatever, but he's whitewashed, and that's the storyline I relate to. English is my first language. And even though I'm proud to be Latinx or Latino, whatever, I act a certain way which my peers would argue is too American. So this character's cultural identity struggles is something I would love to see, I mean damn, it makes me feel so represented, like honestly. The series I would say is like way too short in a way, you know how someone can say a book is a fast read. well this show is fast watch. The first season only has 10 episodes, which each episode having a runtime of 30 minutes per episode even though one episode is like 25 minutes but that barely makes a difference it just sucks when you binge watch a series in a day and then you have to wait a whole year for the next season like shit what the fuck am I supposed to do now you know <laughs> aside from that I really love the show I mean it was good and I really hope no one hates me for saying this but even though both shows are different I kept comparing it to the Netflix original series on my block and I thought it was better than on my block at certain times Only because of how mature the storylines are, I mean, I love high school drama, don't get me wrong, I mean, Degrassi was on repeat this pandemic, but shit, I'd had drama that now, my college age of 21, I should start relating to. Well, All My Blog talks about shit that would be relatable five years ago, not so much now, you know, but I take back what I said completely. Because once season three of All My Blog dropped the day after my birthday this year, I was mind blown. Okay, so boom, segue. I don't want to spoil anything, I mean shit, you had all year to watch, but you know, people are lazy or busy or whatever, this girl Monse gets me so tight, my memory's sorta of fading because it's been a while, but yo, she kept being dumb as hell, like always, she's smart as shit, but Caesar makes her lose her senses like always, like come on now, listen, I love their relationship, I mean their relationship goals, but you can't tell me they're not idiots, like why do we constantly have to fight the same fight every season, I mean yes, Grant Caesar, granted Caesar is an idiot, he ruins shit, he is trouble, but he loves Montse more than life itself, so she needs to get a damn grip, sorry she just gets me so angry, but um yes, that show with the season topped the year for me, I mean I was hooked, the mix of drama and comedy really worked like the two seasons previous to it, but also we all know that ending, yes we cannot ignore it now, we cannot ignore that ending of course, but here goes my controversial opinion which I'll firmly stand by despite that crazy ending. Season three of On My Block was the best season of On My Block, period. And you can find me on that, but the drama, romance, comedy, and even the mystery itself was top notch. So don't play yourself, it was a good one. They had Twitter and TikTok, mad, but hey, people were watching and talking, which is the point, no? Yes, at times Ruby was being stupid, but Jamal got his glow up. Yes, Caesar was also stupid, but that's Caesar. Also, yes, I love Sierra Capri, who plays Monse, even though at times her acting was Debbie Ryan levels of cringe, but Jasmine stole the show. She's like the main character now. Like, what a damn upgrade, and that's all that matters, honestly. So yes, I will briefly address The Elephant in the Room. Yes, I did watch Selena the Series. I binge to watch it with my family. Yes, I love the fact they played Selena Quintanilla's real music, but did it feel like a lifetime movie yeah yeah and does christian Sorados, whom my generation would know from ned's classified school survival guide with her role as susie crabgrass yeah she looks nothing like selena aside from the smile but i binge watched it nonetheless i enjoyed actually a lot of it despite its many flaws it still made my end of the year list and i gave it seven stars on imdb i will say i'm glad it wasn't just selena the movie the series because the film starring jennifer lopez is perfect in every way It would be pointless to just, pointless to watch it just be remade into the series, but thankfully the series is not that. I mean, at least it's not so far. I mean, all things considered, it was still better than that. Aaliyah Lifetime movie Wendy Williams produced, but I also watched a lot of Wendy this year, so fight me. Also briefly, I don't know if this counts as a Latinx TV series, but to me it does. I finally watched the Disney Plus original series, The Mandalorian which stars the incredible Pedro Pascal, I watched both seasons this year. Well, the first one and the second one, f- second one following its weekly Friday episode release schedule on the service, everyone in the mother has spoken about the show, so I don't need to say shit, everything has been said. So I will be man enough to confess, I like a few Sean Mendes songs, despite his controversial past. His life in concert was a joy to watch in a year where concerts died due to the plague, Tiger King, I can't even speak on how culturally important this show was. It was just so damn fascinating. And yes, I still think Carol Baskin is so gangster. As, As a journalism major, I will say, the documentary series on Netflix, Trial by Media, was genius. It really displayed how the media plays a major role in how courtroom dramas turn into massive entertainment pieces. On Hulu, I loved the movie Bad Hair. It was dope. It was another woke horror movie in the vein of Get Out. Also on Hulu, Run was a very thrilling drama where Sarah Paulson just really took over the film with her performance, which was to be expected. Also on Amazon Prime, my least favorite streaming service, I will say, Nocturne, a film about jealousy amongst these two classically classical music, musician sisters, makes my list because the drama was out of control. And I was just like, damn, who does that to their sister? Like, yeah, I recommend that one. I'm reality, sh- reality show trash, so my favorite reality shows goes to The Circle US, The Circle Brazil, and Love is Blind. I still haven't seen The Circle before, France, everyone, sorry to disappoint. But they're all on Netflix. Please check them out. They're so unique. And it made this year more bearable for me. As far as music is concerned, I loved every Bad Bunny album that was released this year. I loved Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. I wrote my final article on that album for a class that I had this semester, but I would have to say my favorite album of the year goes to Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle. Their live performances on TV were killer each time. They would change up their sound and like it would never be the same, which is really good. The songs just hit so hard, I'm proud of them. Shout out to my fave band, Idols, with their album called Ultra Mono. And also, shout out to underground metal band Midnight with Rebirth by Blasphemy. They have a very old-school Metallica-slash-Slayer-esque sound, so if you if you love those bands, you'll love Midnight. Please check them out. Also, Dua Lipa with Future Nostalgia. I think that's the best pop album of the year. And of course, Rina Sawayama with her album titled Sawayama. Definitely really good pop music, and she's super underrated. And like, I mean, she has a cult following on Twitter. And other than that, she got snubbed at the Grammys, which was not cool. But we'll talk about that another time. Best song of the year for me and also video of the year goes to WAP by Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion. As it was the most important song of the year, hands down. And movie of the year for me goes to the King of Staten Island starring Pete Davidson. Anyone who knows me knows I used to hate him. But now I'm one of his biggest fans and this movie was so raw and real. It really was his life story, and I love how honest it felt. It was the first time, the first movie, excuse me, for me and my family to watch on demand when it was supposed to be a theatrical release, but due to the apocalypse, of course, we watched it at home, and it was just, it was just great. Um, also on Hulu, which is also an FX series due to their Hulu, Hulu's um, FX deal, the FX on Hulu section, you can check that out, it's pretty cool. Real quick, for... From that section, miniseries of the, v- of the year goes to Mrs. America. I love the drama, the performances, and it just had all these amazing women like Kate Blanchett, who really transformed into the very controversial figure Phyllis Schlafly, and wow, she killed it. Also Uzo Duba killed her role as Shirley Chisholm, a performance she won an Emmy for, which was well deserved. I ended up writing about Chisholm for my intro to Black Studies class. I was just so inspired by her performance. And shout out to the Hulu original series *Little Fires Everywhere*, based on a novel of the same name by Celeste Ng. I read the book before I sh- before I saw the show, and they're both great. The series stars the series stars Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. So, needless to say, the performances were excellent, but the book was still better, in my opinion. But video game of the year goes to Animal Crossing New Horizons, hands down, with runner-up being Among Us despite having a 2018 release, with show of the year going to Mandalorian and podcast of the year going to Noble Blood, hosted by Dana Schwartz. See how humble I am? I didn't give myself podcast of the year, so good job, Dana Schwartz. I love Noble Blood, and I definitely recommend everyone who's listening to this to listen to that, especially if you love royalty drama, because it's all about that. Um well that's it for today's episode this was just a quick episode in year tv review and overall entertainment i'll be back soon though hopefully with some guests so get excited everyone this is gonna be a good this is gonna be some pretty good episodes so hopefully you'll hear me again next time